0: Please join with me in our prayer for guidance. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with glad hearts what you say to us today. The scripture reading this morning is from Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 19a, the conversion of Saul. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, because they heard the voice, but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias? He answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit comes and fills this place. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you. Amen. That's right. <laughs> my biggest fans, thank you, ladies. I love you. They may never come back. <laughs> who to thunk it? A man who violently persecuted Christians ended up being an instrument chosen by God to bring God's name to the Gentiles and kings and the people of Israel. Why would God use such a person? This is what we know about that determined man, Saul, who became Paul. He was born in Tarsus, which we know as Turkey. It was a city known as a commercial center and had a well-known university. Saul was from pure Israelite descent and very proud of that. He was also a Roman citizen. His family sent him to the university in Jerusalem And he was educated according to the strict manner of the law. We know that Saul spoke two languages, Hebrew and Greek. The Greek which would benefit him later in his ministry to the Gentiles. Now I think the background of Saul is important. I don't believe things are random or by chance. I believe that God has a plan for each of us. And he works on that plan throughout our lives. Saul lived his life up until this moment without realizing that God was preparing him for something extraordinary. Jesus confronts Saul while he is on his way to Damascus to persecute more Christians. And Jesus wastes no time getting to the point. Saul! Saul, why do you persecute me? Saul is blinded and led into town, and for three days he eats and drinks nothing. He's told to wait. What did Saul think about those three days he waited? We can only speculate. If you had been confronted by the resurrected Christ and blinded by the encounter... What would be going through your mind? Here are a few people who had to wait on God. Mary and Martha waited on Jesus to come heal Lazarus. And when Jesus finally arrived, Jesus, you're too late. Lazarus is dead and buried. God promises Abraham a son. But he has to wait 25 years. Noah is told that there will be a flood that will destroy everything to build an ark to, for his family and the animals to survive. It's more than 75 years till the rains came. The Israelites were slaves in Egypt for more than 400 years until God sent Moses to free them. We could go on, but you get my point. Sometimes God makes us wait. So what happens in the waiting? Growth. Growth happens. If our intentions are good and righteous, then we grow in the waiting. If our intentions are selfish, we become impatient, and we don't wait on God. Most of the time we move ahead without Him. Sarah was impatient. With God, and she tried to handle the situation herself. Abraham had a son, Ishmael, with Hagar, but that was not God's plan. God is shaping and transforming us in the waiting. You've heard the quote Good things come to those who wait. Most of the time, we're impatient, we worry, we try. To make our own plan because God doesn't move fast enough. FY, our plan is never as good as God's plan. Amen? When my mom died, I was 12 years old. And something in me changed. God didn't directly talk to me. I was not blinded. And thank goodness I didn't have to go three days without food and water. You know how I can get when I'm hungry. (laughs) But I did have a vision of God showing me that I would share the good news in front of people. I had no idea what that would look like. I had no idea what that meant at the age of 12. Time went by and I became involved in the drama ministry here at Verona. That was a way of sharing the good news in front of people. When I was hired as the office administrator, I became more involved in church and became a certified lay servant and did some preaching. And I led Bible studies in Sunday school. And those were all ways of sharing the good news in front of people. But they never felt Like that was the vision God had given me. And yet, a little over a year ago, I got the call. God was saying, now is the time for you to be what I showed you 30 years ago. 30 years. My mom had laid a solid foundation of faith in 12 short years. And I, like Saul, went to a prominent university, the University of Verona, UMC. You may have heard of it. This is where I learned more about Jesus. This is where I learned to serve and to love others. This is where I learned to let my light shine. Bear with me for just a moment as I go back in time. My parents joined Verona UMC in the late 60s under Reverend Tom Kaufman. This was before I was born. (laughs) I worked with Reverend Kaufman's wife, Nancy, at Blue Ridge Community College for two years, and they were very close to Betty Reeves, who Tom Kaufman hired, back in the late 60s, and she worked here for about 30 years. And Betty was losing her battle with cancer. And Nancy said to me one day, Shauna, the church is going to need someone, and you'd be perfect. And I politely responded, I can't do Betty's job. She had a conversation with Reverend David Birch, And, well, we know what happened. I was hired here and worked almost 15 years as the office administrator. A few months after I was working here, I came across a box of pictures, and I came across a picture that I had never seen before. If you would go to that slide. Who'd have thunk it that this shy little tomboy... Sitting in the church office 38 years ago, thereabouts, would work in that same office for 15 years. That's Betty standing behind me doing her job. I'm assuming my mom was probably making apple dumplings, um, and that's why I was there. Seems like God was working on a plan for me a long time ago. Of course, this little tomboy has gone through many transformations. Next slide, please. (laughs) The shyness went away. Who could forget Dolly? And all of the other characters that you have seen throughout the years that pop up here and there. We don't have time to take a look at all of those uh, crazy characters. But one of my most favorite pictures I have, and one of the few before my mom died, is a picture of my dad, if you could go, and my mom, and yes, that's me, soaking wet, with my mom's coat on, and Reverend Ed Pruitt. This was 30 years ago, April 1988. Were any of you here for that? Do you remember if you were here? Thank you for those that were here. Thank you for your commitment to me and how you've kept that promise. That's right, I told you it was your (laughs) turn. This past year, I really thought about how much this moment meant to my parents, especially my mom, that in her final months, that she knew that I knew and that I loved the Jesus that she knew and that she loved so much. That was a special day. And it changed my life. And now I have this special picture, if you go, of Reverend Ed Pruitt. Last Saturday, as I became a licensed local pastor, Who'd have thunk it? I look back and I see how God was preparing me, how God was preparing my family, my church family, for this very moment. Everything that I have experienced since the death of my mom has led to this moment, to God's calling. I have not done it alone. Most of you sitting here have had a role in my preparation. Amen? I could have said no, and in fact, I think I did say no. I would never be a pastor. But I'm glad that I didn't listen to myself. I'm glad that I waited on God. God's timing is always perfect. His plan is always perfect. Jeremiah 29. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I trust God. And maybe the three days Saul had to wait, he knew that was the only thing he could do was to trust God. We know that Ananias went to Saul to tell him what God was about to do. Saul regained his sight, he ate, he drank, and he got busy. God had a plan for Saul, and everything that he experienced in his life led to that moment on the road to Damascus. God transformed Saul. Three days later, Saul began preaching the good news. Good news that didn't just change a few people, it changed the world. What is God making you wait for? Take some time. Reflect, look back at the ways God is preparing you for his plan for you. For his purpose. Knowing what Saul had done to the early Christians we wouldn't have thunk he would have been an instrument chosen by God to change the world. You see, it doesn't matter what you are doing. It doesn't matter what you have done. When God gets a hold of the one he has chosen, watch out. Watch out. Things are going to happen that we've never dreamed of. Saul was doing things he never dreamed of. I don't know about you, but I want to see and do things that I've never dreamed of. Now is the time. Now is the time to eat and drink and get busy. Amen. Whoo! What a day, what a life that I have had in this church. May you know how much you have meant to me and you will continue to me, mean to me, and I'm just across the road, and I'll be back. Um, Thank you for showing me what it means to be the community of Christ, what it means to love Christ, to serve Christ, and I pray that I will honor you in doing that the rest of my days. So let us eat, drink, and get busy. Amen.